Welcome to Freelance Deals, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I speak to luxury wedding planner Sarah Haywood, who also has her own TV show, The Wedding Fixer. Sarah talks about the impact on the business since the pandemic, going from her best year ever to knowing she'll trade at a loss. Employing lots of freelancers is part of Sarah's working world, and helping them has been a huge challenge as she tries to keep her own part of the company afloat. We talk about the wedding industry during and after lockdown, managing client expectations and increased anxiety during the pandemic, as well as exploring the pros and cons of pivoting and being careful not to move too far away from your own core services and diversifying for the wrong reasons. Oh, and the reality of working on self-care when you're a busy freelancer. This was recorded on the 1st of July, 2020. Welcome to Freelance Deals, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Today I'm chatting to wedding planner Sarah Haywood. Um, hi Sarah, thanks for joining me. Well thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure, we're going to talk all things self-employment and business owner in the wedding planning industry. Um, would you like to start by telling people sort of what, what your freelance in inverted commas is? I know you're not strictly freelance, you're a business owner but sort of you're self-employed obviously. Tell, tell everybody what it is exactly that, that you do. So I run a high-end wedding and event planning consultancy. In other words, I'm a wedding planner. Um, I started the business ooh, over, just over 20 years ago. Uh, we incorporated, I think it was 2006. So officially it's uh, 14 years. Um, and I was self-employed for some years mm-hmm. building that business until it turned into what it now is. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the business from home in Oxfordshire, mm-hmm. where I'm speaking to you from now. And it started literally on the landing in my barn. Brilliant. And I grew it from nothing. And I had a, I had a few full starts, to, to be honest. Okay. And I think I thought, you know, a wedding planner was somebody who had a red- relatively wonderful life. Mm-hmm. You know, having a happy time planning people's weddings and I just show up and run it on the day and nothing could be further from the truth or further from the company that I now run um, so I built it gradually and slowly perhaps too slowly and then sort of halfway through I realized that if I wanted this to be everything that it could be I needed to really start educating mm-hmm. and a good work a decent workforce so um, at the beginning of this year, <laughs> before the pandemic, yes. I had a multi-million pound business. Last year, we turned a very high profit uh, compared with the first year, our best year ever. I employed nine people. I had wonderful studios in Notting Hill in central London, and I had a TV show. Yes, the wedding fixer. Now yeah. I have five employees, including myself. Uh, the lease ran out on our office, so I decided to let it go mm-hmm. because we have no events this year and we will trade at a loss. Uh, we postponed everything until 2021. And we are, as I say, for the first time in our history, going to trade at a loss. Mm-hmm. So I have nearly half the number of employees, no office, no events. And because there are no weddings, I have no TV show. So it, it is a oh, complete gosh. change. To, to what I had at the start of the year mm. um, because I don't want you to feel too sorry for me no, um, shocking, I had man. built yeah. a really successful business and I had always jokingly I never thought I would need it mm. I had jokingly said I know that what businesses need is, is cash and I've spent a long time training my particularly my event team 
who were the only people who'd been retained. I haven't even mm. retained my BA. And I would always ensure there was enough money to keep us going for a year should we mm. not secure a client. Never in a million years did I think that I would have to implement that plan. No. So thank goodness I did. Yeah. Thank goodness it has been successful and that I can employ my key event team because mm. without them, I don't really have a business. In terms of the clientele that we work with, we work exclusively with high net families. In fact, mm. ultra high net worth families. An ultra high net worth individual is somebody <laughs> who's defined as being uh, worth in excess of 35 million US dollars. So when these people throw a wedding or a party, oh my it is stratospherically <laughs> extravagant. <laughs> So we don't do many a year. We do about six or eight because I can't cope with more than six of those types of clients at any one time. Mm. They're very, very demanding and their events go on sometimes for several days. So obviously they're all fine at the moment. My clients, they're just on their <laughs> yachts or they're in their wonderful homes around the world. It's and they'll, they'll, they'll sit it out until next year. But for mm. us, that means no events at all mm-hmm. in 2020. So we, as I say, we've gone from our best year ever to trading at a loss how did that make you feel because I guess for everybody their business is their baby isn't it and mm. it's almost like you've worked and worked and worked and gone from mm. like you said you're landing to offices and studios and then suddenly through no control of your own you're suddenly having to say everything's on pause I mean it's really I mean from a personal point of view I feel that as well you sort of think well, it's exasperating it's isn't it to think there's nothing Apart from, you know, dusting the shelves, (laughs) what can you do? It's really been incredibly stressful. Mm. Because I'm a business owner Mm -hmm. and because the story has unfolded as we've gone along, I feel I've never worked so hard in my life. Mm. I tried to take last week off and it just didn't work. (laughs) And um, I somehow got myself involved in attending a meeting with the government minister about the wedding industry because I put something out on social media and somebody listened to me, (laughs) which wasn't the result... I had expected I mean I didn't even hope for it but anyway putting that to one side I think when this all started it was hard to see where it was going to go so we started thinking well our summer events maybe they could happen in the autumn Mm. and we made a decision to work from home about a week before lockdown the team had been in Dubai at a conference and we very much you know we didn't feel safe going Mm-hmm. So I said, why don't we all just work from home for a bit? And little did I know that the day I said that and we all left the office, we would never go back in it again. And then I think by the end of April, I was advising my clients, let's postpone to next year because without a vaccine or a treatment, your guests aren't going to want to travel. And we do a lot of destination. It's predominantly destination mm-hmm. we do. So we're working in other parts of Europe, not just, just here. And mostly for international clients who are not British. Mm-hmm. So we took that decision and then I've been trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, when we open up and we open up, you know, maybe for six people, can we take the service that we do to people in their homes? Yes, we could, Mm -hmm. but that's to see us through this. So I've accessed the government furlough scheme, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But from the freelancers point of view that we employ, Mm -hmm. and we do employ quite a few freelancers, you know, coming in to give us additional support for weddings. And there's actually a very good freelance wedding producer or event producer a community who've chosen to work that way Hmm. um the problem is we can't support those staff because the scheme didn't apply to them it only applied to people on paye and we usually we're often arguing with freelancers (laughs) saying look we're we're employing you we we need to put you on paye if you're going to work for us for these lengths of time 
Um, and of course they don't want to, because then we take national insurance contributions, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I sort of feel it's backfired a little bit on some people who could have been protected. It's mm. not my area of expertise. So perhaps don't treat that as gospel, mm. but it's been really hard to see you know, people that we care about and we consider to be part of our team on a regular, if not see, if, if, even if it's only seasonal basis, that we can't do anything for them. Mm. Um, so I'm rather hoping that as we start to come out of this, that it, I can help them because it's challenging and I can see how incredibly challenging it is for people yeah. who suddenly went from a healthy 2020 to one that yeah thinking they were all booked up and I speak to freelancers who probably with the wedding planning season the wedding season being I guess summer predominantly I know people do wed out of summer but yeah if you were involved in lots of big predominant in the summer yeah you'd sort of think okay well I'll have April I might our go main season exactly our main season is May to hmm. when May to October is our main yeah. season occasionally we have yeah. events over the winter we usually manage to secure one and we didn't last year so we, we usually secure one really big event sort of between November and March mm-hmm. just works out that way and we didn't last winter so we went from a bad winter into a healthy 2020 yeah. we were going to recoup some of the expenditure you know some of our running costs mm. and then nothing we went to produce a single event in 2020 unless something radically changes which I'm not (laughs) expecting um I'm just not expecting that so I've been working hard lobbying government and with some success and putting the business in order as we speak we're undergoing a VAT inspection which is that's just what you need isn't it (laughs) unhelpful and we had to move out of our offices during lockdown because I wasn't going to pay to stay there the lease ran out uh, there was a break clause in it. I thought it's not sensible. Let's just further extend the runway and, and, and get the office back or an office back when we need one. But it meant we had to, we were, we were all going down there individually in the middle of the night to take our personal possessions. And then I got a company to go in uh, to just pack it all up and stick it in storage. So oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so glad you, you're smart. As we're chatting on Zoom, you're smiling. and it's. I don't know why I'm smiling. I have no idea. I mean, it's really, I genuinely feel I've never worked so hard in my life. I'm just trying to take care of the clients. You know, obviously got events for next year and we had to put those all in order. I, I run an education course. So I'm trying to support the people who are part of that. Because I have a voice in our industry, mm. I felt I should use it and try and use it to reassure couples Mm. um, who I don't necessarily know and I'm finding that exhausting and very distressing yeah it's kind of because that's the thing I guess and this is something I wanted to ask you but do you feel almost like you have one business organizing everything and then another huge part of what you do is basically managing people's emotions exactly yeah and you're, you're um, like some kind of like on, on like on the point. wedding agony aunt yeah exactly um, and you, you alluded earlier to my television show which mm. I filmed last summer and that was a show where I called The Wedding Fixer. It was mm. broadcast on W. Uh, and it went out during lock. It went down as we, it went out just as we went into lockdown. Yeah. Um, so nobody was interested in watching it as far as I can gather. Um, and we can't film a second series because there aren't any weddings. But that show last year, rather than it being about my clientele, it was me going uh, and assisting couples I'd never met, mm-hmm. being thrown together with them to see how I could help them unpick the stresses and strains of wedding planning. And I was largely dealing with emotional stresses during that program. And it was really, really interesting. 
Yeah. Nobody needed help with their decor. It was all, you know, interfering mother or yes. you know, things, things, other things that I needed to go in and fix. So it reminded me actually that I'm probably a psychiatrist practicing without a license. <laughs> I bet you feel like that. Did you always want to be a wedding planner? No. Did you sort of do the freelance thing? I still don't want to be. <laughs> it was never a dream. And let me tell you, whilst you're living it, it is closer to a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, my first career, this is my second career, my first career was in uh, broadcast journalism. Okay. Um, I was an ITN, as in Music 10, uh, mm. news trainee and then they as part of my training they sent me out to regional television and that's how I ended up in Oxfordshire where mm. my main home now is I live in London during the week but we have a place in Oxfordshire which has been handy for lockdown I have to say I yes, think I would have gone completely hard. bonkers if I'd been in our small flat in London yeah unable to go out but around here you know we could go out on our bicycles and it d- didn't feel it just felt I felt actually like we were living in wartime there were no cars on the <laughs> yes. streets and we would go cycling and not see a car that's crazy. And Easter Sunday, we went on an 18-mile bike ride and we saw five cars. Oh, it's mad. Because it's all picking up again now. Now you see traffic. Oh, again. now it's oh. like nothing happened. Yeah, it's so weird. But there was that period of time where, yeah, you, you didn't see it. People were walking into central London and taking pictures of deserted. Yeah. Really I'd love to have seen that. I know. I really wish I'd done it. And now I think never in my lifetime will it be yeah. like that again. But Let's hope not anyway. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Fate is listening. We were talking then about like the emo- the challenges of helping people emotionally. And I just sort of wondered what are the biggest challenges being a self-employed wedding planner? What are the kind of things um, that tag into the freelance feels notion of like self-employed as a challenging experience in itself? I think the challenging experience, whether you are freelance just looking after yourself or whether you're looking after two people, 10 people, 20 people, if you're the business owner, mm-hmm everything is your responsibility because it is legally your responsibility and everything falls on you so the majority of my time is not spent producing events Mm -hmm. the majority of my time is spent on the business side of things and I think if I had known that at the beginning I would have worked for somebody else who ran a small business in this sector Mm. to not have to learn by my mistakes because I was learning as I went along. Mm-hmm. I think I, well, I definitely lost some money and I think I would have made money sooner yeah. if I had really had my eye more on the ball on that. But what it did make me do, because I did lose some money in the middle there, it made me think about charging properly, charging what we're worth to ensure that we had enough for the rainy day. And my God, am I grateful that I did that. I've got a plan A and a plan B. Plan A is that things do open up next year and the events that we have got and that we've managed to retain, those that we've managed to retain, do go ahead and I can get us to there. Yeah. Plan B is that this pandemic is not over. There is a loss of consumer confidence in my market and we have two bad years. Mm-hmm. And in case of that, I'm accessing some of the government loan schemes. I'm hoping not to need them. Mm-hmm. I've applied for them and I'm hoping not to need them so that I can get us to 2022 that is so wise I love the idea of and I think so many people will take that on board that to think two years ahead so yeah I think we're also used to thinking almost in panic mode about well what am I doing for work today and what am I yes. doing for work this week but it's that almost actually what will I do if I haven't got work yes you don't know what's year. going to happen yeah and if you don't know also things like how rigorous and robust you are Mm. in running even yourself as a self-employed freelance person 
I think if it were, if I was going back to those days, I would run myself like a business. Mm. I would make sure that I was properly insured in the event of something going wrong. I would make sure I had access to cash if I didn't have enough of my own mm. access to that cash for the rainy day. Um, I would insure all kinds of things, ensure as opposed to insure, ensure <laughs> all kinds of things such as, you know, do I have some kind of equivalent of business interruption insurance? I would be getting proper financial and banking advice, you know, what's out there for me. And mm. I would treat myself as an individual, how I have to treat it as a business. Yeah. That's amazing advice. Cause do you think when people are self-employed and it's just them, we sort of put all that to one side because we're so busy hustling for work. So busy just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if, if you could spend, I mean, I love that I'm saying all this as though I would do it and that I've got this <laughs> spectacularly well-run uh, business. I mean, today I told you in the middle of a VAT inspection, I can't find an invoice. Oh, no. From, and, it's, and of course, it relates to two years ago. And I've got, I've got all the accounts out. You know, you can imagine we have thousands of invoices every year. The one I want oh, isn't no. in the folder. That so if I was so warm, fantastic, it? it would have been there. And of course, I don't have the bookkeeper. I'm looking it up for her. But... So don't think I know everything when you're listening to me because I really don't. Oh, you're right about the finances because I really believe that if you can get on top of the financial stuff, that your mental health is more balanced because I, I truly feel like the financial stuff as a freelancer is almost a foundation for positive or mental well-being. More positive Absolutely. Mental well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're right. Not having money in the bank gives you freedom. Yeah. Not to do things. It gives you, I don't mean for that, it gives you a, a, a mental health freedom that you don't, if you have to, on top of everything else, if you've got to worry about money. Yeah. And it has been, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly older, definitely very much older. Um, so, I, you know, I have accumulated some pension. God, please God, it's still worth something. So I have felt during this pandemic, how incredibly fortunate my husband and I are that, you know, we're not looking to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. We're not worrying about how we're going to put the food on the table or yeah. pay the mortgage or run the car. It has been about the business surviving. Yeah. Yeah. And it's given me that freedom to make really good decisions. I hope they're good decisions. And it's given me, I haven't had to panic mm-hmm. in the same way. I am panicked. I am, you know, and the, the money I'm having to plow back in is, of course, money I'll never take home Mm -hmm. but so because I'm a small business Mm -hmm. the people I employ they're like family to me and I want to look after them I mean I could just shut the business and run with the money which did occur to me actually to (laughs) shut the business and run with the money and I thought but because that's not who I am Mm -hmm. and the business isn't just a vehicle to earn money for me it's so much more than that yeah. So, and the business is the people who work in it. So, so I needed to retain those key staff. Um, and that was a really, really difficult decision because mm. we had to let the people who I couldn't furlough go, even though most of them had been with me a long time, mm. you know, several hours or several days a week or every year. And that's, you know, we are a family and we've had to let some of them go and it's hit them hard. It's hit me hard, but I had to be ruthless. I had to do it all in one week. The moment I need, 2020 was a write-off I was like we, we have to protect the business and extend the runway full yeah stop. because That's then it. if you do that now you know that if things go go back next year you can immediately contact them and say guys we're good to go yeah You're my gang come back you know those spots are yeah. there you can afford to do that if yeah. you go down now almost. And actually we're dreaming up little projects that we could do perhaps over the winter not to make money but to cover the costs of bringing some of the people back yeah. so it's interesting you say that because I was going to ask what kind of other things you've been doing since 
you know obviously everything wedding is on hold but have you been doing other things do you have other kind of strings um, to the yes, self-employed we do. <laughs> we do have services that we offer our clients that we offer alongside working with them mm-hmm. so we thought we'd pull those out as it were and start to offer those to a to the wider community mm-hmm. or to other people in their network so for example you know if you want a michelin star chef to mm-hmm. go and cook in your house perhaps for a lunch party and us come and dress it and make it look gorgeous for you that's something we don't normally offer to anyone other than our clients but mm-hmm. there's no reason why we can't offer that and the concierge style things that we offer on the side the experiences that we offer on the side you know so we can take people to your house to do all kinds of things from learning how to do a balloon be a balloon artist or <laughs> to entertain your children to you know calligraphy activities which sometimes we do already do with our clients because they say we love that thing we did at the event the event uh my daughter's got a birthday party could we come and set that so we could and normally we focused absolutely on what our core service is so we're going to widen that out and start to offer it as soon as we're allowed in people's homes i'm actually thinking i might take a retail unit oh um rather than an office when we go back perhaps team up with a florist so that we have a more of a shop front for what Mm. we do rather than it all happening behind closed doors because obviously we do a lot of design and styling so we might do that. And you could have a really big um, photos on the wall, couldn't you, of all the, you know, things. That... Yeah, maybe we'll offer pop-up parties because I think at the moment people might just say, oh, the weather's nice next Saturday. I would love to have a party. And, you know, where, where I live and work in the Notting Hill area of London, you know, it's close to Holland Park. Mm. Uh, that clientele, our kind of core clientele, British clientele are there. Well, actually, our international clientele are there. And that's what they do. And, you know, they've got staff and the staff just call and say, oh, could you get a such and such a chef and could we hire some tables and chairs and could you put some flowers out? Oh, and could you go to Harrods and buy us these linens? We would do that for our clients. And now we'll do it for anyone who wants to ask us to do it because we've got nothing else to do. That's fantastic. Though, I keep speaking to people and they keep saying, you've got to get a side hustle. You've got to have like a pivot and you've got to have, you know, yeah, hustles on your side hustles basically. But that's what it's about, isn't it? It's thinking, what do I currently do? How can I spin that in the current climate and beyond to make sure? The only thing I would say to that Mm. is that's the advice we're all being given. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Pivot. I feel like I'm doing pirouettes. This isn't the same as the other crises that we have been through. Mm. This isn't a financial crisis. Well, not yet is it a financial (laughs) crisis. This isn't a recession. Mm. This has come about because of something really specific. Mm -hmm. So if your skill is doing something, providing a service, whatever it is, and that is going to return, and that need is going to return, don't have moved so far out of your lane mm. that you are irrelevant. So I'm saying to my team, anything we do has not got to be to the detriment of our core service. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as that core service is needed, I don't want to be diverted from what we already know we're really good at, unless this diversion mm. is something that works alongside it. Um, And so I've sort of done the opposite, I guess. I've taken something we already just do not very often and just for our clients. And so we can do that for you at the moment. Cool. Um, And I really believe in staying in your lane. Mm, I think people diversify for the wrong reasons or many people diversify for the wrong reasons. And when I have made mistakes, it is when I've done that. Mm -hmm. Know what you're good at. Stick to it. Yes, you've got to do things in this time to earn money. I mean, I know of a musician in a really amazing band Mm. 
who went out and leased a van to become an Amazon driver. I could weep when I tell you that story. Because oh. he was like, I don't need, I, he said, I'm just going to get through it by doing that. I've got, I've got a mortgage to pay and kids to feed. Mm. I'm just going to become an Amazon delivery driver. And I said, are you all right? You know, how are you doing? And he said, it's great. I put the music on all day and I sing in the van. Now that's diversification, if ever I heard it. But he knows it's temporary. Yeah. He knows because as when as the music's needed, he's got to go back. So there's all, yeah. And while we're in the middle of all this, it's hard to see what the bigger picture yeah. is and needs to be for full recovery. That's so, so true. I mean, I wish, if I have any regrets for this time, I wish that I had taken my foot off the gas. Because mm. I've got to tell you, I know there's been a pandemic out there, but it doesn't really feel like it in terms mm. of how it's affected my life. In fact, I feel like the last 10 years didn't happen. I'm back in the office at the bottom of my garden, which I am. That's why mm. I'm speaking to you from now. Uh, a wonderful office at the bottom of my garden. It's, it's lovely. I enjoy it. But this is not how I grew the business mm. by sitting at the bottom of my garden. And it feels like the last 10 years didn't really happen. Oh, that's um, in fact, when we started this, just before you went live, mm. we talked about whether I had any headphones. Yes. And the headphones I found very easily were left from when I used to work here in the drawer where I always kept stuff like that. So it literally, it was as though I did that yesterday. Yeah. But I probably hadn't opened that drawer for eight years. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's so it feels, time a bit. It does. It yeah. feels like it didn't happen. And because I've been working so hard and I'm exhausted mm. and I'm emotionally drained, <laughs> I feel almost resentful. Mm. And somebody said to me last week, if this doesn't feel different to you, you haven't been doing it right. And mm. I was saying, if only I could say I'm bored baking. <laughs> yeah. if only I could say I'm bored and I feel really cross with myself for not having seen this as an opportunity to put the brakes on I just didn't want to let it go I wanted to do everything I could have done but if I'd actually sat it out for a bit I'd probably have ended up right back where I am now but then you'd probably um, be thinking oh no why did I put the brakes on I yeah. should have done and more I, and you know I furloughed my staff and I didn't want them to think I was just sitting around mm. not making sure we stayed relevant so, you know, I'm doing things like this all the time. I'm doing interviews and doing, I, I was doing some Instagram lives myself and I decided to stop doing that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the, odd... the beginning with, um, I think it was a musician. Might be the musician you're talking about, maybe. No, it wasn't. No. That's not the musician. He's, but it's one of his um, employees who's, who became the somebody else, wasn't it? But this is the thing um, with Instagram stuff is that actually you could spend a lot your of whole life. time at the moment doing it, but then actually, you know, the, it comes down to, well, is that going to bring business in? Is that going to drive revenue? Yeah. Is that what you want to be doing? Or actually, would you be better off sort of, I don't know, talking to clients and making sure they feel loved still and they feel yeah. wanted? Because I guess, I mean, do you... My clients don't want me to chat to them about stuff like don't that. Don't know. They, <laughs> they all just like, it's over. We're all yeah. so upset. I mean, I mean, you've spoken a lot though, haven't you? Like you, you've been chatting to, like you said, to, to the government and, and sort of speaking out about... Mm. I guess a lack of guidance for what can happen in the industry. You know? Well, my industry is completely stuffed. I mean, yeah, it's, it's completely, hard, it? it's yeah. in jeopardy because mm. if on November 1st, where all the schemes end, mm -hmm. we just drop off the face of the cliff. We, cause tr traditionally wedding season is sort of April through to October, mm -hmm. main months being June, July, August, September. So we've missed that. Mm -hmm. There's no chance of any weddings in any meaningful way coming back mm -hmm. at the moment. 30 people can meet for a ceremony, but only if they're from the two households that mix together. Yeah. And uh, you've got to keep Unlikely. it as short as possible. No food, no drink, no singing. 
uh, you have to whisper your vows and you have to cut the ceremony right down. So that's not weddings. That's people registering to get married and legally being married. So that's an entire season gone and two winters gone if we recover next year. If the government let this industry fall off the cliff, half of it is that an exaggeration is that an exaggeration i don't think it is i think half of it won't be here this time Mm -hmm. next year and hundreds of thousands of jobs will be lost because it affects the wedding industry of course crosses over all kinds of other sectors Mm. within hospitality so like catering companies when you can imagine how many staff you employ if you're a caterer not just to cook the food but to serve it Mm. uh, and to run the events there's all the the event the event um venues that are not hotels yeah and whose main source of revenue is weddings and parties Mm. uh there are musicians there are um big technical production companies who work not just for weddings but for conferences you know if it it affects us it affects a conference or any kind of party yeah uh there are the huge um revenues lost by big hotels Mm -hmm. because events you know is 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 a critical part part of their revenue stream there are small individuals cake bakers stationers um one-handed musicians celebrants makeup artists hairdressers uh you know mobile hairdressers freelance makeup artists all these people have no work yeah and they just wait and if we can't get back to work to Mm. employ them so there's two lots of people there's the companies themselves and if if these companies like mine don't survive I won't be here to employ mm. all the freelancers that I give so much work to. Yeah. So, I mean, we turn over millions and that's largely purchasing services from other people. Mm. All I offer is a service. You know, I'll assemble a team for you, but those team members all need paying. Yeah. And if I'm not here, they won't get paid. And even worse than that, if I'm not here, we are one of the largest at the luxury end party planners in Europe. And we have a huge international clientele, but there, I've got competitors who mm. are not based in Britain. Mm-hmm. so those competitors will, competitors will just pick up our work and therefore all the freelancers that i employ will not be working so say someone from the uk wants a events. tuscany wedding before they might have said they'll use you but now they might yes. use the planet in tuscany because they know yeah or france or yeah. usa yeah you know um, and i know that the us party planners who do destination mm. are calling for them to have the support rather than people like me in terms of you know actively and aggressively getting those clients to come to them mm. and it's the ripple effect you know talking to you on a podcast like this mm. people might think well how does it how does a, a small business how, how how is someone like me relevant to what happens to freelancers we're very relevant and it's mm. not just me it's the caterer perhaps yeah. so catering companies um, I mean, we have staff of over 100 at some of these events, uh, just from the catering team, yeah. most of whom are freelance. They're all small businesses as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's like a, the hairdressers. The spiders web of small businesses. Yeah, all these people. I mean, mm. we, we usually, we have a combined staff of anything from sort of 250, more typically 350 upwards mm-hmm. at each of our events. Crikey. And, and many of them are contract staff. Mm-hmm. employed by the other companies that i have employed to help us put the events on yeah so it's huge the implications of someone like me going out of business are big 
it's huge oh my goodness and it feels like you seem it seems like you're such a lovely person that on top of everything you're trying to do you also feel a huge emotional <laughs> responsibility about this no really, you, you really, clearly do. do care and it's I like genuinely do. juggling um, that amongst everything and always I guess as a planner you always have to try and be like the positive jolly one because yeah and I find that really hard because I'm not in the kitchen you're like woohoo don't worry bride it's okay yeah, I mean, my job is to offer reassurance and that's what's yeah. so challenging about the moment. And of course, to do mm. what I do, you have to be a control freak. Um, <laughs> and so I'm not in control of anything yeah. at the moment, which is, you know, I, I, I now suffer from anxiety um, and I have to get help for it. So uh, I lock, literally lockdown. feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Well, I'm obviously not. Yeah, <laughs> because of everything that's happening. Because of because Yeah, I mean, it's already incredibly stressful what I mm. do. It's incredibly stressful to work for the kind of clients that I work for. Yeah. And to create the kind of events that I create. I mean, we created last year, we did a big event for um, an Asian family in St. Moritz in the snow for five days. And we built an entire winter wonderland just for one event, just for one event. It and sounds stress, so lush and glamorous. And... It's, but it's incredibly hard work to create that on a car park. <laughs> and the, 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 the pressure mm-hmm. for to deliver on your promise and the amount of, I mean, you had it absolutely focused on ensuring everything you've promised will be delivered. Mm-hmm. And that requires trust um, and teamwork. So if you're a control freak like me, <laughs> actually not wading in to ask lots of questions like, mm-hmm. are we going to make it? Why is that that color? Why is that that? You know, I have to shut up because people are just getting on with their jobs and they will do what we have promised. I find that very challenging. So that makes me really hyper, if you like, inside. So my company logo is a swan. And the reason for that is um, because, you know, swans look serene as they're gliding, seemingly gliding down the water, but in fact, they're pedaling furiously underneath and also swans mate for life. So um that's why i i chose that it also looks like an s for sarah but they're fierce really i swan hissed at me this morning because i was taking a photograph they can be quite aggressive that's so in fact again it's quite apt i can be quite aggressive if i need to be strong-willed and because you've got to be in this industry in a freelance industry anything haven't you you've got to you have absolutely got to you've got to be that and you've got to be single-minded and Mm. um so i find it i find it a stressful job anyway and i have found this time incredibly stressful what kind of and things do you do to balance? Nothing. Do you have anything? Am, we need nothing. some self-care. I just, yeah. I, I try to get some exercise every day, mm-hmm. but I'm overeating, not sleeping well. And I could tell someone else what to do, but I can't yeah. seem to do it yeah. to myself, which I think. And I think lots of entrepreneurs are kind of hard on themselves. And mm. it's part of what makes you successful, maybe. Yeah. Constantly challenging yourself and constantly thinking what you're doing is not enough. And constantly trying to reinvent the wheel only to get back to where you started which was no that's not what we do I don't think I'm different to a lot of people in that <laughs> yeah I try very hard because obviously my USP is meant to be about getting better self-care and that kind of thing but yeah I often so what do you do what do you do to take care of yourself I'm a, I've got into my yoga in lockdown I've always been a fan of I know when I exercise I always feel better so okay 
one of my things is I put on my gym kit. I've got my gym kit on now. I put it on this morning, had a dog walk with a friend, but I'm planning on doing a HIIT workout later because as long as I've got my gym kit on, I feel like I have to do some exercise. Otherwise, that's a really good tip. Gym. Stick a gym kit on and then yeah. make use of it. Otherwise, you like self-shame at lunchtime when you get dressed in yeah. your clothes and you haven't even done anything. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, what else do I do? I, I switch off a lot by watching telly, actually. I am quite obsessed with a programme called 90 Day Fiancé, which you might have come across. I've never even heard of it, but oh, I shall immediately download it all it's hilarious it's um probably the opposite of the kind of people you work with for wedding. Yes. <laughs> it's all about people from america and another country either deciding to get married or trying to get engaged and then they have these three months within which to get married because of the visa so hence the 90 day fiance thing oh my god okay. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's um, the, the, the one i really hate is called um bridal plasty Oh, I have not and seen bridal it was, it was brides. The longer you stayed in the show, the more plastic surgery you got. And um, when they evicted people at the end of each week, they would say, the, the presenter would, would point at the bride who was being evicted and she would say, your wedding will be nice, but it won't be perfect. <laughs> I used to watch it just for the last line. Oh my God, that sounds um, amazing. <laughs> So yeah, I'd put that on my list. Any kind of trashy, you know, I say trashy, it's actually quite an interesting psychological experiment. I did, I yeah. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like watching Coronation Street and stuff. And, and I think spending time with friends as well, like making, making that time to say, okay, I'm going to put my phone over there because I'm sitting and having a drink with my friend or, you know, just kind yeah. of trying to connect in that way and get fresh air. Mm. Yeah, at the moment, it's harder to do the self-care stuff because often self-care would be the gym or... Eating out is a very big thing yeah. for me, but I can't eat out, you know. I'm going to nudge in one when we're talking. It's the 1st of July. So as we speak, we're building up to that super Saturday in inverted commas of when they're making out that the world's going to return to normal and actually people can just pop to a restaurant, and which is great. But as you know, for your industry, it's certainly not going to suddenly click and everything's back no. to normal this on Saturday, the 4th no. of July. And who thought ever? That that is how we would define Super Saturday. Yeah, I don't like it. Restaurant. Yeah, I prefer the Super Saturday where we won all those golds at the Olympic yes. Games. Exactly. We were allowed to gather in a stadium and outside and kiss and hug our friends yeah. and family. And like, who thought the thing that we would think was great was going to Pizza Hut? I know. <laughs> God no, no, I'm fine. I'll be staying. But it will make us all reevaluate things. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that after this, I will value my own time. Mm -hmm. One thing I have been good at is making sure that I finish work on a Friday and I don't go back to work till Monday, which is That's unusual good. for me. I usually do mm. a bit of work. And from this week, I'm going to try and do a four-day week. And by August, oh. I'm going to try and do a three-day week. And then we'll see how we do. Um, but I hope I'll value my friends and my family more who I haven't been able to see. Mm. And I'll value the time with my husband when we're actually going out and doing things. Mm. Like stupid things. Well, they're not stupid, but things like I love to go to the RA summer exhibition. It's a thing we always do. Mm. And we always go on one of the evenings and then we'll go and have a say. I never thought I would miss stuff like that. I mean, obviously it only happens once a year, but just knowing it's like the proms, knowing yeah. I can't go to a prom, even if I wanted to. Um, things that were just part of our, everyday life particularly if you live in London you know, mm. so much to do I don't want to alienate anybody who doesn't live in London but it's the only city I know because I was born there um just the things that we all thought oh you know I can do that any yeah that we can't 
Yeah. But even I want cinema. to support all those things. Yeah. yeah, even the cinema. I want to support all these those things afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not just think, oh, the National Gallery will always be there. Well, it won't if we don't go. Yeah. Not That's think, of, you know, the, the, the takeaway at the corner that I hardly ever use because I could use it any time. Use it because they've had a hard time. Yeah. And I hope that people, the, 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 the clapping for the carers and the, the nurses, I think the nurses, you know, they've suddenly gone from not really being noticed to being mm. the national heroes and heroines. Yeah. I hope they're going to get paid properly now. Yeah, me too. Like these people kept going. The Amazon delivery drivers, mm. the supermarket workers, all these people that I was, they were almost invisible to me. Yeah. Now they're the only people you see. Like, I, I want to chat when somebody delivers me something. <laughs> now they're like, no, I've, no, I've no, put no, a note no. on the door. Thank you for working. Whoever thought I was going to say that and notice them. And I, I hope that we value the people mm. who actually keep the wheels turning after this. Very much so. I love the idea of scaling down as well, because it's almost like the lockdown lessons. It's kind of like, how will you do business differently? So I think, we well, okay, maybe I'll, for the time that you can you will scale down what days you work. I think that's fantastic advice to yeah, people It'd be nice well, to do life know. differently, not business. Yeah, business yeah. is business. Well, business isn't just business, and I hate that expression, but it should be. Mm. <laughs> when you're self-employed, I don't think it, I think it always is, because you've got, I mean, I expect you probably go to the proms and think, oh, I really love what they've done with that decor over there. So-and-so <laughs> that I'm working with next year would probably yeah. like that, because they're into classical music. You're probably never quite switching off, I guess. And I hope freelancers after this, mm. there's some way of them having some kind of support. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I don't, it's not a world I know, but like what you're doing, wouldn't it be nice if after this there was something that represented you even? Mm. Yeah, there's a body called Ipsy, which is this um, association of independent, independent? independent and self-employed people. Right. So they're, 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 they're kind of like, I guess, our body. But then, yeah, unless you have a union in your area. So I might have the national yeah. journalists, but there's no national union of freelancers. No. No. That's Should be. a great one. Yeah. I'll start a Why union. Not? <laughs> that could be quite cool, actually. It yeah. Could. There's something to do after lockdown. Yeah. Everyone's petrified about what the hell to do next. But actually, I think freelancers might have the, not the upper hand, but we could you're, be. You're, you're adaptable. Yeah, and we're used to they're not being worked for three months and then suddenly yes. there's loads. So yes, maybe we're, like actors. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we're <laughs> best placed. You're used to resting. Exactly. <laughs> used to the absolute panic of not having anything to do. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. I've loved thank chatting. Thank you. I've loved chatting. I'm about... sure everybody's going to be fascinated to, to hear what's going on and how you're managing and that kind of thing. So, Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, tell people where they can find you. I forgot uh, to say Sarahhaywood.com. They were here and Instagram yeah. or anything, or is it all Sarah Hayward Weddings on Instagram? Brilliant. So, if they want to follow you and see what you're up to, and yes, all that you would happens. be very welcome. To leave me if you do that, post a message to say that this is how you know me. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do take a moment to rate and review it. I would be super grateful. If you'd like to find out more about Freelance Feels, it's at freelance underscore feels on Twitter and Instagram, freelancefeels.com online, and there's now a Freelance Feels newsletter at freelancefeels.substack.com. See you again soon.